Welcome to the Legend of the Death Race podcast. I'm your host, Tony Matisse, and every week we share legends from past death racers on the courage, power, and wisdom it takes to conquer life's obstacles. All of us death racers aspire to inspire you to create a life past your limits. Today's legend follows the story of death racer Lauren Cisneros, who competed in one death race. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) So excited to have you. So Lauren is an everyday person who became an endurance athlete and she did it so she can come overcome adversities. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. But first, let's get a little to know about you. Uh, Lauren, where are you from? What's your occupation? What's your athletic background? Tell us a little about yourself. Sure. So originally I'm from New Jersey. Uh, Currently I'm in Colorado. And in the winter, I'm an adaptive ski instructor. And in the winters, I fill my time either working for water rescue, EMS, or doing some video editing on the side freelancing. Um, I started getting involved with endurance events early 2011 when Spartan was first around, I guess. And things kind of escalated from friends telling me to do things, you know, as they usually happen. Um, Showed up to some random events here and there. And at the end of the day, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm showing up at the death race after my mom and my best friend, unfortunately, passed away suddenly. Um, So I started doing endurance events to help with overcoming adversity. And Death Race was definitely one of the events that uh, changed my life and made me thankful for my life and also helped deal with that. It's definitely a very cathartic event that can help with a lot of those types of things. So uh, I totally understand that. What what did you do before um, Spartan racing and all that? Did you have any other athletic background prior to that? Not really. I mean, I, you know, I would go skiing on the weekends. I've always loved skiing. I've been skiing since I was three years old, did basketball here and there, did dance for 15 years. Um, but I never had, you know, a drive to become an ultra endurance athlete like so many death racers are. Um, you know, I never really had that drive. But, you know, my dad, actually, he's uh, almost 70 years old now. And he's the one who actually was like, you know, we should do this Spartan race thing when it first came out early um, 2010, 2011, I guess that around that time. And uh, we showed up to one in New Jersey when they didn't even have like, you know, the fancy uh, lanyard type things. There's just like a black one. Yeah. Um, we did. We did it together. And that was our first one was the New Jersey, I guess, the super Um and we had fun, but they actually they actually canceled it because it started raining and thundering and lightning. So they said, all right, you know, go home. Um, but from there, I just wanted more and my dad wanted to do it, too. So we started actually doing it together, which is pretty cool. Um, and he motivated me because growing up, he ran marathons. He did New York City Marathon several times. Um, he always loved doing 5Ks, local 5Ks, things like that. So, um, you know, he kind of inspired me to get going and do it. And then I became part of the community, you know, um, Spartan community is pretty huge at the time. And then that leads into the go Ruck community and the death race community and so on and so forth and triathlons now. And, um, it just, it's a cool community to be a part of and people are super, um, into it and have such various backgrounds, you know, um, a lot of people I know, uh, they do endurance events to overcome adversity, similar to what I did. So it's been cool to connect and, and talk about that. That's very cool. And uh, it's it's awesome that your dad got into got you into yeah. it and did it with you. That's such an awesome thing. I know that my my father always wishes he could have done it, but you know, <laughs> he he because he you know he was 
kind of what got me into this. He, you know, he did lots of marathons, all of that. But, uh, you know, having two knee surgeries and um, bone on bone knees and all that, like he was <laughs> by time Spartan arrived, it was a little too late. So uh, he's kind of just always been my cheerleader in the background. But that's super, super cool that you got to do that with your dad <laughs> and get into it. So um, if you don't mind asking, uh, how old are you now and how old were you when you competed in the death race? <laughs> sure. So I'm 27 now and I was 22 when I completed the death race. Very cool. So you were you one of the younger uh people to go and do a death race i feel like because no normally it seems like everyone who gets into it is at least mid to late 20s you know at, at the youngest you know yeah. occasionally there's people <laughs> in that younger 20 grad but it's usually not not the case so you you had a, a much earlier experience than most that's pretty cool how did you discover it i mean was it just through doing the spartan races that you discovered it what do you remember what that was like when you first heard about the death race yeah. So like I said, you know, I started doing events with my dad, whatever. And then I started joining these random groups, you know, um, Oscar Mike is one of them. Um, and I met really cool athletes like Amanda Sullivan, um, you know, Earl Granville, people like this. And, um, you know, really got involved with the community. And, and so through them, the first thing I found out about was GORUCK. Um, and a friend of mine was like, hey, you should just sign up because I can't do it. And you could just take my spot. I had no training, nothing. It's like, oh, cool. Another endurance event. Whatever. Who cares? This is 2014, I think, in April. Um, so this is before my friend died, before my mom got sick. And so I just showed up, basically ordered the pack the day before, you know, and did the um, the heavy, which is the 24-hour event. Just showed up with no experience, no knowledge of what even GORUCK was. Just looked at the requirements and said, all right, here we go. And uh, I showed up. And when I completed that, and that was really hard, and I ended up uh, almost tearing my Achilles, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> luckily, I didn't. Um, but anyway, after that, again, through the same community, everyone kept saying, oh, the death race, this, the death race, that. Um, and I think uh, it was Mark Webb I was following on Facebook, and he kept posting about it and, you know, death race, this, death race. I'm like, what is this death race thing? You know, this is so stupid. Who who calls an event the death race? And they're <laughs> like, ooh, I want to sign up for it. That sounds like fun. Like, <laughs> everyone's crazy. But, um, you know, I, I always thought about doing it. And the real driving force, again, was, you know, my mom died January 2015. My best friend died in a car accident August of 2014. Um, so yeah, the summer of 2015 is when I, when I signed up for it, when I did it. Um, and with the death race, you know, I, again, <laughs> I didn't really have any training. Uh, I, I didn't have the best pack. I didn't really research best boots and best that. I just kind of said, you know, screw it. Let me just do it. Um, and I, you know, I reached out to a lot of friends, um, including Mark Webb and asking, you know, for some advice and, um, yeah, friends just helped me get through it and get prepared enough and just showed up. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I didn't say it earlier, but I am sorry for your losses. Those are, you know, terrible, terrible losses to have at such a young age. So um, let's kind of dive into, you know, the death race that you competed in and what it was like mm -hmm. using that as a vehicle to overcome this adversity of losing two very close people to you. Sounds good. Um yeah. So, you know, for me, I, so I was a senior in college at the time I was attending Monmouth university. Um, and <clears throat> again, my, you know, my mom died January, 2015, best friend, August, 2014. And I think I signed up, I don't know, maybe March of 2015, something like that. Not much to prepare. 
And, um, you know, I just remember arriving at the death race and going, I don't know why I'm here. You know, when, when you lose somebody, and I talked to a few people about this who have lost a lot of people recently um, in their lives. Um, when you lose somebody, you really realize what you have. Um, you realize what you're thankful for, especially in times like this when we're in, in a pandemic, literally. Um, you think about what to be grateful for, and that's so important. And I just remember standing there at the start line, and I just remember everything went quiet for me. Everyone's freaking out about, oh, did I bring enough goo? You know, and here I am going, oh my God, I am doing this in honor of two people that I love, and that's why I'm here. That's my why. And honestly, ha saying that over and over again in my head is what got me through. Um, and you, you go through a lot of dark times <laughs> in that event. I'm sure you know. Um, <laughs> I remember hallucinating, um, seeing a dancing lion, seeing a dancing zombie. Um, and I was dancing right there with them in the woods. Uh, <laughs> really weird stuff. Um, but I just remember I kept saying to myself, like, I'm here for them. That's my why. And that's what kept me going, you know, and that's that's really what got me through. Yeah, it's definitely a really so, big motivator to have something like that, to, to dedicate the event to those two people that you love so much. So uh, the next question was going to be, what was your why? But we already got that <laughs> out of the way. So let's dive into training. Uh, and this was the 2015 death race you did, correct? Yeah. yeah. So what was your training like? Because you had been doing some of these events. You'd been, you know, kind of doing, you know, different levels of events, Spartans and Go Rocks. Uh, but what was your training like preparing for the death race when you decided that you were going to do this thing? So going back to when you asked the question how old I was at the time, again, 22, um, really stupid, right? So, <laughs> so Still, learning. Answer, Still learning some things. <laughs> so my answer to you is that I didn't do any training. I mean, at the time I was doing CrossFit, um, I went to a gym and I was, I was competing in my gym locally, doing competitions and that kind of thing. But I wasn't on any regimented like, okay, today I have to do 5,000 burpees and tomorrow I have to do this 20 mile ruck. And, you know, I wasn't anywhere like that. I just showed up at the gym, did the workout of the day and left, you know, and then went to school. Um, so I was just like a really everyday kind of person that just decided to do this thing. Um, there was really no training involved other than my normal, you know, show up at the gym, <laughs> do what the trainer tells you to do and leave. <laughs> And so what did that look like? How, how often were you going to the gym, you know, like on a weekly basis? Um, maybe five times a week, you know. Okay, so you're that's... still, you're pretty active. You're an active, yeah. you're an active everyday person. <laughs> I mean, that's more active than yeah. the average, average person, right? So, yeah. so you're going to the gym five days a week. You're doing some CrossFit. It's very good training for something like this. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, going into this race, <laughs> did you have any fears? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> what were they? So... You know, again, going into the death race, right? So you think of the name and you're like, okay, it's a death race. I guess I could die. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> sign that went death my, yeah, yeah. That, that went through my head a few times. Um, but yeah, you know, I had some self-doubt, I think would be my number one. I never thought, uh, I wasn't scared of, of not finishing. Like if that, like I knew going into it, there was a really high chance of me not finishing. And honestly, I bet most of the people that, I would talk to now. And if I asked them, Hey, do you think that, do you, were you really thinking I was going to finish when I posted that I was doing it? I bet most of them would probably say, hell no. Like going into the death race, I had a lot of self doubt. And, um, for me personally, 
having that self doubt, um, it's hard. And what I kept telling myself is that no matter the outcome, um, I was going to be happy with whatever it was because I was doing it for two people that I loved and that I just lost and that no one else mattered in this event but me. It sounds selfish, but that's how I went into it. I knew the death race is an individual thing. Um, there are some team aspects to it, but it is an individual thing. Um, and if you were to go back and ask you know, friends or whoever that saw my Facebook post saying that I was showing up to the death race, if I would finish, I bet most of them would probably say that their guess was no. <laughs> um, because, again, my two-year-old, dumb, no training, la, 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 um, just kind of showed up. But, again, that mantra of me just saying, hey, I'm doing this for the two people that I love, and this is how I'm dealing with the loss of two people that I love, that's what kept me going. What tools did you use to kind of come overcome that self-doubt that you were having? Um. You know, for me, it's a lot of meditation. Um, yoga and meditation are, are two strong suits for me. Now, going back to the 22-year-old me, I couldn't tell you. Because yeah. at the time and in the moment, the death was so fresh on my mind. And I knew that I had two choices, right? I had choice one, which was, you know, go into the corner and cry and just you know, deal with it in my own way and grieve. And yeah, there was a bunch of that. Or I could go out, do something that I could reflect on later, hopefully inspire other people and also do it in their honor. And it sounds kind of weird, but for me, that's how I learned to deal with it. Um, and if, I think I really discovered that when I did a few more uh, Spartan races before the um, death race, I did the Ultra Beast in Vermont. Um, and that was hard <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, the hardest event I ever did. That's funny. Yeah. yeah it's uh, a really hard event. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did the ultra beast. Yeah. In Vermont. And, um, yeah, I started actually with my dad on that one. He did it with me. <laughs> um, but he had to drop out due to medical, unfortunately. And then he had me finish, finish it. Um, and I gave my medal to him, but, um, during that, I, I guess I learned some mantra there. I learned, you know, hey, if you just tell yourself that you can do it and not doubt yourself, you can actually push yourself a lot further than you think. Mm -hmm. And for the Ultra Beast, I was so upset my dad couldn't finish it with me because it meant so much to him, too, um, that that really drove me. And so I guess I kind of channeled that. And when I showed up to the death race, I just kind of kept going with that. And now I, I use that same practice every day. I, I, I think about what I'm grateful for every day and... Um, you know, I practice some meditation, some yoga, and just really reflect on that life isn't that bad <laughs> and that there's a lot to be thankful for. That's pretty powerful, especially, you know, given the circumstance to be able to channel that, to do that. It's such a young age, too, I feel like. That's, I mean, it's pretty wise. That's a lot of wisdom to have. So um, let's get a little bit into the death race itself. What was one of the more interesting tasks that they made you do out there that you remember? <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, well, I think the me most memorable would be walking barefoot up blood route, um, tied together in groups of 10 with rope um, and not bring anything other than, I think, like a notepad and like a fanny pack or some kind of small backpack while leaving your main pack behind for an undefined amount of time um, while then passing back and forth a Hello Kitty balloon. 
in the woods. Um, and if you drop the balloon or if one of the um, race staff knocks it out of your hand, your whole team had to do an undetermined amount of burpees and PT or something. Yeah, it was very stupid. <laughs> um, so, and how many miles was this over? Do I remember this? Um, uh, shit, I don't know. A lot. A lot. <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it was a long time. They kept talking about Area 51 and oh, yes, there's this yes. place. And I, all, I don't know. <laughs> was, uh, I remember coming up to this leech pond. And uh, they're like, all right, get in. There's leeches. And it's like, all right, cool. At that time, you're so delirious. You're like, okay, cool. Sounds fun. <laughs> and you get in. And I remember I was so delirious and tired. And the idea was that everyone's rock or pack was in the pond. And they, you had to go in as a team and like find your team's pack or whatever. And then get it and bring it out. And then I remember someone patting me on the back being like, Lauren, Lauren. I'm like, what? Like, why? You, what's up? Like, I'm trying to eat. And uh, she goes, I don't know who it was. I forget her name. She's like, you should look at your knee. <laughs> I said, why? She goes, you got a huge leech on your knee. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay, cool. And I just ripped it off, not thinking. <laughs> it was fine, but it, I could have been bleeding for a long time. So. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and and if, if I recall, during this hike, you also... Weren't you guys like stripped down to like your underwear or something like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah good times. Good times. So just just to add to the fun. So some 20, 30 miles barefoot tied together, almost <laughs> like barely any clothing on, barely any food or like, how did you, what did you all eat to, how did you get through that? Like food wise and um, um, sustaining yourself. For the whole event or just for that part? Yeah, for that part specifically, I guess. Because, like, that seems like a long distance to go with such a small amount of gear with you. I can't imagine you had much to eat with you. Yeah, I remember I had, like... So, my my gear setup was pretty ghetto. I mean, I borrowed everything, literally. Um, (laughs) So, um, like, literally borrowed everything. Uh, So, I had a random, like, little fanny pack that I had put in my pack. So I grabbed that, I remember, and I remember I had a small bottle of water. And at the time I was eating like, you know, cliff bars and stuff. So I just threw those kinds of things in my fanny pack. But there's a lot of people that didn't bring anything. And those are the people that dropped out immediately. Honestly, uh-huh. that whole part when they announced like, hey, basically get naked and then, you know, hook up with 10 of these people, you know, with rope and hike up. I would say about 80 people drop like right there. Like, wow in that like immediately and i was, I was like why <laughs> we've done so much shit and you're dropping because you have to get naked what <laughs> that's crazy so yeah yeah well was there a task that you would consider to be the most difficult that you can share Ooh, um oh my gosh there were so many tasks that were very difficult <laughs> <laughs> um well, one that sticks out in my mind that's also comical now that I reflect back on, um, but also I wanted to kill some people at the time. Um, <laughs> we had our – so our packs were already wet from the stupid leech pond thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine 50-pound packs are now like 70 at least. Um, and then we had to go something along the lines of there's a granite field, like a wall of like boulders – and you had to guess something along the lines of half of your body weight 
in rocks and then carry that over to the like one of the race staff and then you had to stand on a um a scale and then you get off and then they weigh the the rocks and if the rocks became like were within about 10 pounds or so of your of half your body weight or something that you first registered at um you could not carry the rocks in your pack and you're good to go however if you messed up and the rocks did not match within that limit you had to then take those two rocks and put it in your pack oh man luckily for me i was right on the money oh, <laughs> and, nice. I didn't have to carry it. and i was so thankful um but after that they told us to go on a hike in the woods over and over in this loop just for no amount of time and um i remember the first part of the, the loop there was this huge mud field like deep mud it was raining like crazy and it was just deep thick vermont mud <laughs> and so kind of just kind of sucks you in yeah and here we are with our packs on and whatever and i just remember like they're like all right you have to get in the mud pit you have to go in I'm like well screw you i know this is how, how this is gonna go and so i get in and uh i get stuck like i cannot move at all and there's this girl in front of me that's like screaming bloody murder because she gets anxiety issues or whatever. Um, I'm trying to calm her down. I'm also trying to get my uncle. And uh, they're screaming at us like, it's a race. It's a race. Like, you should all quit. You're obviously not going to win. It's, you know, playing with you mentally. And so there's like five burly dudes behind me. And I turn around and I go, hey, you, this is what you're going to do. And I just go into like drill sergeant mode. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, you're going to take my pack off, okay, because you're right behind me. Good. Excellent. That's step one. I said, step two, you're going to take my trekking pole. You're going to put it down in front of me so I can get traction and step on it. And, like, we had this whole system and, like, these five burly dudes just, like, pulling me out. <laughs> and by the time I got out, I had about five inches of mud just covered on my pack. Oh, wow. And I, it's, you know, it was 70 pounds probably. Now it's at least 100, I would imagine. I mean, it was freaking heavy. And so these burly dudes put it against this tree for me. And they're like, all right, you're going to sit down against this tree and we're going to strap you in. And then we're going to pick you up on the count of three. And so they picked me up. And it was so heavy. I had to literally like walk like a hunchback up the hill. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Unnecessary. Um, and yeah, it was just it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds miserable. Good thing you didn't get those extra rocks on top of that. <laughs> That would have been uh, quite unbearable. So, um, okay, now let's talk more about eating on the whole. So, like, throughout the event, uh, what were some of the things you ate? And then what was, like, your favorite thing that you ate? Okay, you're going to laugh when I tell you what I ate. Um, because I packed, I think, two pounds of ground beef. Um, Cooked? <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Okay. Uh, white rice and beans. And okay. I had them in baggies, like five baggies worth um, of, yeah, probably like two pounds of beef. And yeah, you know, um, I don't know exactly how much rice and beans, but um, yeah, it was awesome. Um, that sounds like a pretty good meal. 
honestly, because most people, they, they're like, oh, well, three days, no refrigeration, la, la, la. I'm like, well, the beef is cooked. It's going to be three, four days. It shouldn't be that bad. You know, it's not like it's super hot. It's not super cold. Uh, I'll take the risk. So, and honestly, every time we got a break, it was like heaven. It was like a gourmet meal and everyone else is like snacking on like cliff bars and like just so much sugar and mm-hmm. ugh, need a real meal at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I survived on that. That's pretty smart. Yeah, I think smart. that's what kept me kept me going. Um, I had some cliff bars here and there, you know, water, but nothing else really. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> I never yeah. would have thought of something like that. I mean, I, I I think like the best thing I've ever thought of was like a, you know, cold pizza, you know, a slice yeah. of pizza. But that's 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 uh I don't think I would have taken the risk with the meat. I'm just trying to like, think awesome. about that, but it sounds like it worked out. Um yeah. How'd you stay awake during this whole thing? Um, pain. <laughs> <laughs> physical, mental, both? Uh, yes. Um, lots of physical pain, lots of mental pain. I remember during that, like, barefoot, naked hike, whatever, um, that there were multiple times where I broke down. I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do it. You know, whatever. Um, and I just had a lot of people that were in my group being like, no, like, hold it together. You can do it. It's just another stupid task, whatever. Um, but I think the breaking point for me was probably within, like after 24 hours, you start to just hallucinate and you just kind of, I don't know, like go numb (laughs) to everything. Um, nothing makes sense, but you just say, okay, to everything like, yeah, sure. hundred burpees. Yeah. You know, a thousand burpees. Okay. Whatever. You want me to carry that wood up the hill? Yeah. Cool. It's all good, you know, and nothing. It's like almost like you're high and you smoked a bunch of weed or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's uh, I don't know. And and so with that, I never really had a problem with staying awake. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you, when Matt Lowe handed me a beer at the very end of the event, I think I almost passed out and I immediately was drunk <laughs> <laughs> from one sip of beer. Yes, that'll, that'll happen when you've had that much sleep deprivation. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the body don't the body doesn't like the alcohol too much after that much sleep no. deprivation. I know that from a lot of experience as well. Uh, it is definitely delicious. Oh man, good. <laughs> what kind of beer was it? Oh man, it's one of those rare ones people drive hours to get in Vermont. I can't remember. I don't know the name of it. Oh, it's gonna oh, bother me. I know it too. I have a magnet for it upstairs, and it's gonna. I'm gonna. Huh? Uh, long trail, right? Long trail. No. It's oh, not long trail. Else. Okay. It's not long trail. No, it's my IPA. Know. I can't remember. It's Have an IPA. Okay. okay. <laughs> he bought cases of it, brought it back to New York. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. The Legend of the Death Race podcast is brought to you by Trail Toes, the best anti-blister, anti-chafing cream there is. Trail Toes prevented me from having any blisters after 66 hours at the 2014 Death Race and continues to prevent blisters on all my mountain adventures. Get your jar of Trail Toes today. Use the code THELEGEND on trailtoes.com for 10% off your purchase. Okay, so we talked about your hallucinations a little bit earlier, so we, we covered that. Um, how did you handle the controlled chaos of the death race? Ooh, good question. Um, well, again, going back to the mantra, you know, I just kept repeating the same thing over and over again. You got this. This is for people that you love. Um, you know, I mean, I remember at towards the end of the event or 
three quarters of what um, of the way, I guess, through the event. The challenge was you take out whipped cream from your pack because that was one of the requirements is have a can of whipped cream. Okay, so now <laughs> in the hours in or 48 hours, I don't know. So that whipped cream is now pretty warm. And um, the idea was you need to down this whipped cream, the whole thing. Like you literally open it, shake it, and like just down the whole thing. And um, well, for me, I guess you could say I got lucky because when my pack went into the water, all of my whipped cream disintegrated. So I had like a quarter of a can left. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm done. <laughs> you know, and other, while other people, they instead brought, instead of bringing like a small thing of whipped cream, they brought a big thing of cool whip. Oh and no. So no, no matter what you had, you had to finish it. Oh. Now the next task was, I think it was called school. Cause it, the whole thing, theme of the event was life, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you had to go to school. And there's this giant field and all you had to keep doing these somersaults to each station, you know, oh, yeah. they, they love those somersaults. Oh my God. I just remember people dropping like flies because they kept throwing up and they kept getting like medically dropped and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of chaos. And I just, again, I was past that point of, you know, like, Oh, I should get some sleep. It was like, yeah, sure. I'll do whatever. Okay. Let's keep going. It's not so bad. Like I've been through worse. It's fine. <laughs> and I kept saying to myself, I think that's important too, is saying, um, you know, it, it could always be worse is one of my main mantras. And, um, you know, nothing can beat the pain of losing two people that you love so dearly. And so with those two things, um, that's what really kept me going in that state of chaos. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Thanks. <laughs> it is. It is. Because it's, you know, some people can let those things completely, you know, take them over and instead you used them as fuel and you, yeah. you, you harnessed that energy, which I think I find just, I find it very impressive and uh, remarkable. Um, okay. So what essential what was like maybe one or up to three most essential pieces of gear that you had for the death race um well it i can think either I be lost. one or if you want to have a couple like you know. okay i think i lost most of my um top picks like within the first few hours oh. <laughs> so we started rolling around like crazy in the first hour or something i, I lost a bunch of stuff um I think I had a knife, I had a bucket, a rope, um, a multi-tool. I lost all those things. Um, but I remember one thing that I did have, and that was peppermint oil. <laughs> peppermint oil. <laughs> and, um, yeah, a friend gave it to me, Flo, before I started, and she said it helps with the mosquitoes because um, mm. I was kind of over deep. And uh, I had that the whole time, and honestly, that really helped. It works. Um, yeah, surprisingly. And I get bit by mosquitoes all the time. I still got bit, but not as bad as when I did um, another event in Vermont, one of Andy's events. Okay. So it's Infinitus or whatever. Yeah, that's that's the tip I'm going to definitely write down for myself. Yeah. <laughs> because I happen to be one of those humans that the, the bugs yeah. just seem to just like flock to. Meanwhile, you know, uh, I've had partners who like they'll they'll be having no bites. And I'm like, what? Yeah. what do you mean you're not getting bit? I'm getting like eaten alive here. <laughs> so peppermint, peppermint, peppermint oil, peppermint, peppermint oil. oil. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah. In uh, very cool. So uh, I think we kind of answered this question already. But did you finish? I did. I Fantastic! Did. Congratulations. Thank and you. so, um, 
given that, what was your defining moment during this race? Wow. Um, defining moment. I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> top top uh, two or three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would go back to the mud incident I talked about, um, where I was hiking for a long period of time in that in the woods, and I got stuck in that thing. And um, there was this girl uh, who was about the same age as me. I can't remember her name right now. Um, but yeah, pretty young and she wanted to quit. And at the time, this event, I don't know if you know, but 2015, um, another reason I was doing this event, um, top seven finishers would be able to donate a certain amount of money to a nonprofit of their choice. So I wanted to be one of those top finishers to donate to, um, a lung cancer association. Oh, okay. And, um, so yeah, people were competing for that. So um, anyway, this girl, she, she, her and I were kind of like, you know, top females, I guess at the time. Um, yeah, we were. Um, and she wanted to quit. And uh, I looked at her and I said, why? <laughs> Literally, I was just like straight up, I was like, why? And she just looked at me and said, I really don't know, but I just want to quit. Um, I'm feeling terrible. I just, I don't want to do it anymore. I just, I don't want to do it. And I said, well, if I, what if I told you that if you stayed in, you'd be doing it for me? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, what do you mean? It's a competition. I was like, I don't care. I want the company. <laughs> and she's like, all right, yeah, I'll stay in for you. It's like, okay, cool. So we went on that stupid journey again for a million times. And you know what? I kept getting stuck in that mud pit and she kept not getting stuck in that mud pit. And she ended up being one of the winners. Wow. And I think that's super cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it goes to show you that it's not it's not about a competition. You know, so many people get so hyped up about like, oh, wow, it's a competition. I must win this money. La, la, la. I've I've always been back of the pack. I've never been any any kind of like contender to win any event, really. Um, that's just who I am. And uh, to see her like actually come out and like have her mindset change and go from I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to quit and the hand of my bib to screw this, I'm going to just keep going and going and going and accelerating until I actually am one of the top finishers was super cool to see. Um, and I'm super proud of her for doing that. And, um, it's not always just about you. It's about helping other people because reality is the other people that are doing this event are there for their own adversity they're trying to overcome. And so that was a defying moment for me. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I think that's one of the yeah. big, big lessons that you get out of the death race, right? It's like, it is about helping others. It is about yeah. kind of doing it for the the good of all. Because um, that's like one of the things that applies to life. And, you know, everyone calls it the death race, but we all know that it's kind of a little yeah. bit more of a race that's all about life. And so I think that's an awesome, awesome uh, moment that you got to have there. And yeah. to, to see her finish, that's pretty cool. Uh, at the top of it. So here's a question. Do you think it's possible? Now, we know that there's no real rule book for the death race, right? So with that in mind, is it possible to finish the death race by following all of the quote-unquote rules? I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, I don't think I followed any rules Um I guess if a rule were to be like, uh, I don't know, you need to be, you know, working solely for yourself, you know, and you can't have anyone else help you. Um, 
I honestly think that the completion rate, if that rule were to be followed all the time, would be super low. I don't yeah. think you can finish the death race without asking for help from other people or relying on other people to help. There's a lot of teamwork um, elements of the death race, I would say, that's required. Um, and I think without those elements, death race wouldn't be what it is. Uh, it would just be more of like your typical 50K or <laughs> I don't know, where you kind of just have a finish line. You know, it doesn't really make sense to me. It wouldn't be the death race. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think you can finish by f- following the rules. <laughs> I don't really know what those rules are, but that, that's kind of, that's, well, that's exactly <laughs> it, right? There's yeah. no defined yeah. rules. And I think you know, I'm trying to work on this question a little bit still. But the, the idea is that, you know, we've had a couple people on the show. We've talked about hacking the death race and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the reality is, is like, a huge part of the death race is there's probably five ways to do a task that they give you. Right. And mm-hmm. the first three, four ways are like the most difficult. And that fifth way is probably the easiest way. And if you can figure that out, you've kind of won in a sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so next big question is, um, we've probably sort of answered this, but, uh, <laughs> where did the courage come from to do this event for you? Um, again, just going to repeat myself here, but the courage came from losing two people that I loved. I mean, it wasn't so much courage that I needed. It was more that it wasn't so much that I needed something to help me show up. It was more that I needed, um, myself to help finish the race, if that makes sense, to complete it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, just repeating to myself again, that I needed those, uh, thoughts in my head of self-doubt go away. I needed to think about my best friend and my mom the whole event. Um, and that's what got me through. I didn't, I didn't need anything else. I just needed them and thinking about them. Um, and the funny thing is, is that my mom hated me doing all these events. (laughs) She hated it. She always was so nervous. (laughs) I'm an only child and she had, she had five miscarriages before me. Um, some miracle baby and some book somewhere in Pennsylvania, apparently, <laughs> um, different blood types, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so she, you know, is always worried like, Oh, what if you hurt? What if this, what if that, um, you know, she never really understood why I did these events. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I think if she were looking down now, she would, and she probably was, uh, and she saw what I did, she'd probably be like, okay, I get it. Like you need to yeah. do this for you. Like I, it was honestly, I did it for me kind of thing, you know, to show that I could do it if I put my mind to it. And I think that's a really important takeaway for a lot of people is that if you set your mind to do something, you can actually do it no matter how hard it is physically or emotionally, um, you can do it. And I think with that, you just answered my next question, which is going to be what, (laughs) what wisdom did you gain from, from doing this event? But there you go. You just just answered (laughs) it. Mind reader. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, Okay, so I guess a big question is with the death race coming back from, you know, the dead, uh, would you do the death race again or are you kind of done with that? You know, I've I've been asked this multiple times. Um, I've been asked a few times if I would do it with um, people for I think you've that asked me if I would do it <laughs> again. Um, yeah, maybe if I was in the area, I'm not going to, you know, get up and drop everything and fly out and, you know, do the whole, uh, you know, craziness. Mm-hmm. Thing and you know that whole thing that I just hate honestly yeah. I don't like surround my calendar by like one event I must do this event 
this is the event I'm going to train for very robot. You know, for me, it was more in the moment when I did it, I might, you know, if I lived in the area again in Vermont, maybe I just show up. I don't see why not. Um, if I did it once, why couldn't I try again? <laughs> you know? <Very> cool. <laughs> why not try? But doesn't mean I'll come, I'll finish it, but I could try. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very cool attitude to have. I like that. Um, all right. So I always do like to ask about books. And so if you were to gift someone who was going to train for an event like the death race, what books or book or books would you gift that person? Um, honestly, I'm not really a book reader, to be honest. Um, your book is the first one I've picked up in a very long time. <laughs> well, that makes me feel uh, really good. Thank you very much for that. And I, uh, I've, <laughs> no, but really, I, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, and I think it's cool because, um, and it's not just because I'm talking to you or anything. Um, don't worry. Uh, no, but really in your book, you know, so far I'm not done with it, but so far it, it talks about the beauty of everything we just talked about, right? Like how the death race isn't about death and it's morbid and scary and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about life. It's how beautiful life is and, and how this race changes people and everyone has a different take on it. And yeah, there's going to be the A type people that are out there and they're like, Oh, I finished the death race. Look at me, uh, you know, put on my resume. <laughs> and there's people like me that are like, eh, I don't know. I just survived and I did it. <laughs> I didn't really train. Sorry. I just showed up and did it because of mental fortitude. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'd highly suggest people reading your book and, you know, honestly practicing meditation and yoga and, 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 you know, um, building confidence each day and taking down uh, what you're thankful for each day and practicing gratitude. And I think those are really key things in helping you get through the death race, because the minute that you have self-doubt is the minute that you're going to quit. It's so true. That is so true. Mental fortitude is everything with the death race. I try to tell people that all the time. It's like, physical preparation is important but yep. really this is a mental race and as long as you can just keep going you'll you'll get there yeah. um so what's next for you is there anything next coming up for you um honestly i've been getting into triathlons recently so swimming's been a huge uh i guess new sport for me <laughs> very cool very cool yeah i took a beginner swim class uh like two years ago and then i did a master's program and did my first triathlon two years ago and then again last year. Um, and now I work out for a water rescue squad on the Outer Banks, um, pulling people out of rip currents and, yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, Ooh, it's basically rip currents. I, I saw one of those recently and they look scary. They are. They can be. Uh, float, don't fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's been pretty cool. And so I've been focusing on running and cycling and swimming a lot. And I really like that new avenue for me. Um, I still, you know, I have my ruck and I still train, you know, using go ruck workouts and the Spartan workouts, things like that. But honestly, I don't really do Spartan races anymore. I don't like that. It's not old school. Like it used to be like a really tight knit community. Now it's a lot of a type people, no offense. Mm -hmm. Um, people are kind of like in way too into it with putting like tattoos all over their body and like sponsors all over themselves. And it's really just, they get a 20% off discount. Who cares? Um, <laughs> you're not really sponsored. Sorry. Uh, PSA. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't, I, I'm more of the low key kind of event person. Like the triathlon thing is cool because yeah, you have a type people that buy like million dollar bikes and whatever. Then you have people that again, 
in the back of the pack, just kind of hanging out, being there because they love life and they want to push themselves physically and it's good. It's healthy. You know, they want to stay healthy. Um, but yeah, I'd like to do another ultra marathon maybe one day, but nothing really on the radar right now, especially with this pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all the, uh, all the races uh, are getting canceled now. So, well, that's cool. At least you're training for something. And, you know, yeah. I, that's that's definitely one of the things that are on my list is I need to do a triathlon at some point. I still haven't done one. And I feel like I need to get oh, you one should. It's great. later. Yeah. You don't yeah. need a crazy bike. <laughs> I, I, I actually have a pretty it's a it's an OK bike. It's carbon, you know, Perfect. It's, there it's you a go. Nice bike. it'll work. Um, I just need to get the swimming part. I, You know, it's funny. I was great at swimming as a kid. And then as I got older, I got more scared of it. And I don't know why. So that's something I've been working on, uh, overcoming that fear. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll join you for one of those at some point. Uh, well, this is a great opportunity for you to share with the audience uh, any way to follow you on any social medias if you want them to. Uh, otherwise, you know. No, stay away. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Ski Swim Run, um, S K I S W I M R U N going back to the triathlon used to be baby beast but i changed it <laughs> very cool i like it um, but I'm, yeah i'm just, impressed that you were able to get that <laughs> yeah i know it's cool <laughs> 2020 but um no I, I i mostly post a lot now about um my winter job and that's teaching adaptive skiing working with a lot of special needs children and adult and uh, sharing my passion with skiing with them um overcoming adversity in their own ways um and i help them accomplish that and i think it's super cool and that's what i'm really focused on right now unfortunately with this pandemic we're closed down but hopefully next year we'll be back next season yeah <laughs> of course we'll be we'll be back next year everything will 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 uh get better as totally. it always as it always does but that's really cool and super inspiring yeah. that you do that uh i'm sure you're helping a lot of uh a lot of humans uh overcome a lot of adversity with that so Kudos to you for being an awesome person and uh, making awesome things like that happen. Thank you so much, Lauren, for being on the show and for joining us here. Uh, well, there you go. That's uh, that's our show with Lauren. Thank you for, for joining us. And stay tuned for more legends from past Death Racers. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. This really helps the podcast move up the rankings so we can reach even more humans. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And... If you find you really enjoy what we're doing, consider becoming a sustaining member by clicking the link in the show notes. Just a quick reminder, My Legend, The Legend of the Death Race book is now available. Visit legendofthedeathrace.com book to order your copy today. Thank you again for tuning in. If you'd like to stay up to date on my current adventures and training, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search the handle at thatenduranceguy or visit thatenduranceguy.com. We'll see you next time on the Legend of the Death Race podcast. Now go create your own legend.